You're listening to The Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure, just like the myths and fairy tales we love. This podcast is also a journey, learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our journey to God. Hello Pilgrims and welcome to another episode of The Myth Pilgrim. It is a privilege to have you join me today on our second tour of The Lion King. So if after today's episode you feel like you want to deepen in the truths and beauty of The Lion King, you can always visit episode 8, which was on how The Lion King reveals identity and our vocation. You know, recently I was on a prayer solitude in the bayside town of Sorrento here in Victoria. During that time, a strong sea breeze created waves that were particularly ferocious, and wave after wave relentlessly bashed against the rocky cliffs surrounding the town. It was quite a sight to behold, and the noise was almost deafening. But yet, I found myself mysteriously drawn towards this scene. It was surprisingly captivating. So one morning, I carefully tiptoed all the way out onto one of the little islands of rock sticking out from the beach. The rock was wide enough for me not to feel unsafe by the wind and the waves, but yet I was close enough to the action to actually feel the almighty spray of the water as it bashed against the rock. And in the middle of all this chaos, I felt in my spirit something exciting stir. I was in touch again with the strength and even ferocity of God, where his power and majesty and beauty and just plain raw energy were on full display. I loved it, (laughs) and I felt my soul say, I miss this. I miss the passionate heart of God. I was reminded his heart is alive and dynamic, like the waves bashing all around me. But yet, surprisingly, I felt very peaceful and completely safe. Uh, Probably safer than I actually was, given the fact that I was alone on the beach, and if anything did happen, no one would be there to find me. Anyway, believe it or not, my reflecting on this experience was one of the inspirations leading me to write this episode on Mufasa and the Father's Heart. In my opinion, Mufasa is one of the most iconic celebrations of fatherhood in popular culture, precisely because he's able to capture both the strength and the tenderness of the father's heart. Unfortunately, due to the way fatherhood is modelled in Western culture, one or both of these fatherhood traits ends up becoming distorted, which in turn affects our image of Abba Father in heaven. This distortion is something this episode ambitiously tries to remedy. Further, it is especially fitting on this year of St. Joseph that we explore the Father's heart, because as Pope Francis reminds us, he paved the way for Jesus himself to know the heart of his Heavenly Father. So, St. Joseph, please pray for us that we may delve deeply into the mysteries of spiritual fatherhood. So there are three Mufasa scenes I want to micro in on this episode. I'm going to base the scenes primarily on the original animated 1994 version of The Lion King, rather than the movie version, because I just feel the lines there are more profound. The first scene we'll explore is the one where Mufasa says to little Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom. The second scene will be the elephant graveyard rescue scene, and the third scene will be the look at the stars scene. So if you haven't seen The Lion King, massive spoiler alert, and if you have, hopefully this episode can baptise the way you appreciate its significance. And these three scenes I've chosen certainly don't exist in isolation. Each builds upon the previous one in depth and spiritual significance. So be prepared for a journey. Okay, 
The first scene is a fairly gentle one to start with, and takes place early in the story at the break of dawn. Mufasa leads the young and playful Simba away from the rest of the lioness pride, and together they ascend to the top of Pride Rock alone. Gazing out upon the expanses of the Pride Land's kingdom, Mufasa explains how one day everything the light touches will belong to Simba too. When Simba asks about that shadowy part of the land that isn't touched by the light, Mufasa tells him, That's beyond our borders. You must never go there. When Simba replies that, But I thought a king could do whatever he wants, Mufasa then explains how being king doesn't mean a blatant use of his power, but rather entails responsibility. He then leads Simba on a tour of the Pride Lands and introduces him to the concept of the circle of life, in which everything and everyone exists in a delicate balance. Crawling ants, leaping antelope and mighty lions are equally to be respected, for they too make up the circle of life and have an indispensable part to play in it. Okay, this first scene with Mufasa already embodies an important truth about God's fatherhood, namely the idea of initiation. Now, initiation is a concept that has largely been forgotten in our modern culture. Simply put, it is this. Initiation is a ritual or set of processes a child needs to undergo in order for them to become an adult. Depending on whether you're Zulu or Jewish or Ethiopian in background, the process of initiation will look different. Everything from land diving to tea ceremonies to going walkabout have been practiced. Unlike us moderns today, ancient wisdom recognizes that an adult doesn't simply become an adult by turning 18 or 21 or getting a car. There is a spiritual component too, in which a child first needs to a be broken away from the ways of their childhood and b, be initiated into the world of adults and the responsibilities of that world. And it is this initiation which is the primary role of fatherhood. While the motherhood archetype is recognised for providing love and nurturing and security to a child, it is the father archetype that leads the child into the outer world and equips them to navigate it. In Pope Francis's recent apostolic letter about the heart of the father, he writes, quote, a father entails introducing children to life and reality, not holding them back being overprotective or possessive, but rather making them capable of deciding for themselves, enjoying freedom and exploring new possibilities. And when this happens, new and unexpected vistas open up. End quote. This truth is evident in the way Mufasa leads Simba away from the small and comfortable den of the lionesses and takes him to a place where Simba's vision is literally expanded. Not only does Mufasa show him the wider world, as it were, he also walks him through the wider spiritual world, the circle of life. And believe it or not, this sort of initiation happened to Jesus too. Note the significance of the time when 12-year-old Jesus suddenly leaves Mary and Joseph, only to be found chatting away in the temple. Many of our biblical scholars today identify this as a key moment in Jesus' own initiation by God the Father. Having come of age, God begins to call his son out of earthly childhood to begin his vocation as the son of God. Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Jesus exclaimed to Mary and Joseph. Then, of course, as a man, this initiation process is completed when Jesus becomes baptized in the Jordan River. 
Here, there is an even clearer transition into maturity, where Jesus breaks away from his earthly vocation as a carpenter into his ultimate vocation as the traveling Messiah. And God the Father is there also to lead him forth, bellowing from the heavens, You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The good news of Christianity is that the Father also desires to initiate you and I into full spiritual maturity. Though we will always remain in one sense God's children, we are not called to remain infantile. For the heart of any father is for the full flourishing of his children, which includes the growth in wisdom and responsibility. So, whatever initiation Mufasa offered little Simba that morning upon Pride Rock, God the Father offers that to us at our baptism and every day of our lives. Reflect on this next time you wonder about the significance of your own baptism, or maybe when you feel your faith has become a little stunted. Mm. The next scene we'll explore takes place in the elephant graveyard. When no one was watching them, Simba in his youthful pride lures his best friend Nala to explore that banished shadowy place and finds there an elephant graveyard. They fall into serious danger when they discover that Uncle Scar's vicious hyenas are there too in the graveyard. The hyenas give chase to the little cubs, wanting to turn them into dinner. But after a brief pursuit, Simba and Nala are hopelessly cornered and outnumbered. But just when all seemed hopeless, a ferocious Mufasa comes charging into the scene. With a mighty roar and swipes from his massive paws, he unleashes the strength and passion of a father defending his own. He sends the hyenas scampering away in every direction, confused and afraid, before he bellows out, If you ever come near my son again. Terrified before the great Lion King, the hyenas dart away in fear with their tails between their legs. Having made safe the elephant graveyard once again, Mufasa gives one disappointed glare at Simba for his disobedience and says to all present, let's go home. Now, if I could hazard a moment's reflection here, how many of us perceive God the Father in the way Mufasa just presented him? When we think of the Father, do we think of a passive old man in the sky or a ferocious lion king whose very instinct is to save us from great peril? Yet, if we are to take the words of Jesus seriously, the Father is not a passive God at all. He always takes the initiative to reach out to us, and his love is active, relentlessly active, passionately in pursuit of his own. If you imagine the hyenas representing sin, you can easily understand how the Father's love can even be perceived as ferocious, even violent. Mufasa certainly doesn't hold back when defending the cubs from the hyenas, and neither does our father hold back in sending his son in our sinful crisis. This scene is a helpful image to understand how we can reconcile the proverbial wrath of God with a tender father who is unconditionally loving. For even unconditional love is conditionally directed towards the parts of us that are noble and good, but ferocious towards the parts which threaten our dignity. Sin is deadly, but God's wrath towards sin is deadlier still. In terms of you and I, it's usually easier for us to accept the Father's tender love towards us, but how well do we sit with the Father's ferocity towards the sin in our lives? 
Here, Mufasa scatters any notion that our God of love is passive in the face of sin. This is why I feel this scene may be so powerful to some of us, because we are reminded of the ferocious passion in the heart of God, and indeed we find that we actually desire it. If you're enjoying this episode of The Myth Pilgrim, do consider sharing it with your friends so that we can together encounter God veiled in our favourite tales. I'm always open to your feedback and ideas too, so always feel free to contact me on The Myth Pilgrim Facebook page or through the website at themythpilgrim.com. The very next scene following the hyena entanglement is one of my favourites and embodies Disney storytelling at its very best. Now that the immediate danger is removed, we watch how Mufasa responds to the very disobedience that got Simba into the hyena trouble in the first place. This scene begins with the characters awkwardly walking home in the silence of the evening. Simba is ashamed and walks a number of steps behind the towering figure of Mufasa. In a beautiful shot, Simba places a paw inside his father's mighty paw print, and as the audience, you get the sense of how small Simba feels and how much more he felt he had to grow. Mufasa then sits with his back to Simba and tells Zazu the dodo to take Nala home, for he had a lesson to teach his son. When the other two had left, he calls out, Simba! Simba walks up slowly and sits next to his father, expecting the worst. Mufasa turns to his son sternly, and the following dialogue takes place. Simba, I am very disappointed in you. I know. You could have been killed. You deliberately disobeyed me. And what's worse, you put Nala in danger. I was just trying to be brave like you. I'm only brave when I have to be. Simba, being brave doesn't mean you go looking for trouble. But you're not scared of anything, right? I was today. You were? Yes. I thought I might lose you. Oh, I guess even kings get scared, right? But you know what? I think those hyenas were even scareder. Ha 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 ha, because no one messes with your dad. Come here, you. Mufasa then playfully wrestles with Simba, and the two begin a bout of chasing and pouncing. They laugh and roll on the grass and jump all over each other. When they eventually tire out, it is fully night time, and Mufasa and Simba become still, gazing up at the majestic starry night. Holding his son close, Mufasa says, Simba, let me tell you something my father told me. Look at the stars. The great kings of the past look down on us from those stars. So, whenever you feel alone, always remember that those kings will always be there to guide you, and so will I. You know, before YouTube disabled comments for this scene, pretty much every YouTube comment revolved around something like, I wish I had a father like that, or Mufasa is like the perfect dad. And I must agree, for this scene illustrates that in front of a contrite sinner, God isn't a father of angry vindication, But nor is he a father of indifferent niceness either. For in this scene, we observe both the wrath of God and the tenderness of God. 
Or more accurately, we see how the wrath of God gives way to the tenderness of God. Or even more accurately, we see how both the wrath of God and the tenderness of God are different expressions of the same love. Mufasa brings together both the ferocity and the tenderness of God, both the dimensions of king and friend, and both the dimensions of justice and mercy. We observe how authentic fatherly love is not mere niceness and sweetness, but one demanding of responsibility too. This is certainly not because Mufasa is a tyrant, but because true love by its nature always seeks to bring out the best for the beloved. Love is not a tepid tolerance and lukewarmness, for that is not the heart of the Father in heaven. Just allow this scene to weave its magic on you and celebrate how refreshing it is for our culture that is so often starved of such father figures. Then, of course, the beautiful Look at the Stars dialogue takes place in this scene, where Mufasa first introduces Simba to the idea that the stars are the former kings of the past. The scene ends with Mufasa saying that one day he too would be a star watching over Simba and continue to be with him that way. If you've seen The Lion King, this becomes a very significant theme for Simba, even while he is in exile. For though he tries to run away from the Pride Lands, Simba cannot run away from his father's promise. The protective love of his father would always remain with him. The parallels with our Heavenly Father are clear at this point. God's promises are forever. God's covenants are forever. While we may choose to live in exile and turn our back to him or run away from him in shame, his love is abiding, as sure and steady as the stars of the night. It is, of course, fitting that the stars are above us, for while we know that heaven is not a spatial place, so to speak, it is helpful to think of Abba Father watching over us, like any father would watch over his children. James chapter 1 reminds us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Dear friends, this is a security we simply cannot find in the world. The knowledge of the Father's steadfast love is a foundation we can truly build our lives upon. Everything else can be taken away from us, stripped away, and the things we once banked our life and worth upon can be gone in an instant. But over and above all this, our Father's love for us remains as sure and steady as the stars of night. Okay, those of you familiar with The Lion King may be surprised that I've omitted two very major Mufasa scenes from this episode. The wildebeest stampede scene in the gorge, and then the scene where Mufasa's uh, spirit appears in the sky. I omitted the stampede scene because for the purposes of this episode, I felt it really an extension of the elephant graveyard scene, where the father's strength and love and ferocity is switched on 100% and nothing is held back from his son. So if those themes spoke to you earlier, definitely um, I recommend re-watching the stampede scene. I also omitted the Mufasa's spirit sky apparition scene because I already covered it in some depth in episode 8. So do have a listen to that if you haven't gone around to it. My only prayer today is that Mufasa has become something of an icon of the father's heart and that today has increased your desire to know his heart just a little bit deeper. So, given it's the start of the year of St. Joseph, 
the practical pilgrim exercise today revolves reading Pope Francis's letter, Patris Corde, that apostolic letter I quoted from earlier, meaning the Father's heart. It isn't long and provides very accessible reflection upon the life and example that Joseph was to Jesus. I feel it is a particularly good read for the dads out there, as it beautifully links earthly fatherhood with heavenly fatherhood. So yeah, I will definitely leave a link to the letter in the show notes and on the website. So have a good read, and St. Joseph, please pray for us as we do so. Till next time, dear pilgrims, journey forth, take care, and God bless.